everyone, and welcome to episode 95. That's what we're on, yep. 95 of Digital Digital Get Down. Get Down! This is Heather. And I'm Bennett. If you remember us at all. Is this our first podcast in 2021? First episode? No, we did our book recap. We did a big one. I had a whole bit planned about, about New Year's. When was our last podcast? It got a lot of traction on the SoundCloud. Did it? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was New Year's Eve. Um, I don't think we podcast on New Year's Eve, did we? New Year's Day, I think. I think it was January 1st. Oh, well, that ruins my whole bit. Do your bit. I was just going to talk a little, about, a little bit about resolutions. Okay, what's your, what's your plan? Um, well, I, got, I already started doing it, and it's going okay. I'm not usually, like, a resolutions person. You're not, no. I used to be more... And then, like, when my anxiety kicked in more, it ended up being, like, a bad thing. I'm more of a Lent guy. Like, give me a challenge for 40 days, <laughs> and I will stick to it, and then... I I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe themselves as, as a Lent, Lent guy. guy. <laughs> I don't think that's how Jesus intended it. Um, I just meant more that I put too much pressure on myself sometimes of, like, I'm going to wait and fix everything I don't like about myself on January 1st. Yeah. And then... One, two weeks later, oh, no, it's Bridget like... Jones. Yeah, two weeks later, it's like... Just oh, to clarify, we may have recorded on the 31st. It was published on the 2nd. Oof, okay. Okay. Glad we got that out there. Okay. Um, but the, the two things I've been doing better so far... Go ahead. I've been doing more yoga. Fact. I definitely have not kept up with the 30-day challenge, yoga with Adrian. You're supposed to do it every day. Yep. I've averaged maybe once every other day. That's okay. But I've Adrian done still loves more you. yoga this month than i did like all of last year yeah so i'm happy with that and i'm and instead of goat yoga you do baby yoga yes where a baby just bites my yoga. face and pulls <laughs> my hair as i try to do yoga and it thinks, does add another challenge thinks that i'm making like a tunnel for him every time i do either because adrian has a dog she doesn't dog. have any children correct She's so she benji. can't really do a yoga with a baby thing right it'd so. be weird if she invited another person's one-year-old baby over. adrian call me up my baby can yeah, pull we were your just hair talking and about bite your face having anytime. our baby make us some money and loaning, Call us up, Adrian. loaning the baby to, to Adrian to might yoga. be the way. Yeah. Um, it makes it definitely more challenging to stay relaxed mm-hmm. with the baby putting his little fingers up my nose in the middle of <laughs> yoga. But um, the other thing I've been what doing else? is actually reading nonfiction. Yeah, like, it's startling. Every year. Not every year, but the last few years, I've gone. I need to read more nonfiction as like a way yeah. to like better myself or some shit. Sure. And then I'm like shocked halfway through the year when like the books haven't read themselves. Yeah. Like I don't like nonfiction generally. I read books as like an escape. Right. So and as we saw today, you tend to try to read them in a sitting as if you were watching a movie. I get very absorbed in a book. And you hate documentaries, so yeah. so nonfiction is just not built for you. But I've started reading Me and White Supremacy, um, yeah. and it is set up for days like it doesn't have chapters it literally says day one day two Uh day three with different themes for each day and journal prompts um i originally thought i was going to be like too good to journal and ended up journaling with it and then in one of the Mm -hmm. first bullet is it a bullet journal is it a bujo i don't know what that means i'm using a very small (laughs) notebook that i'm running out of Um, is it the author white or a person of color person of color okay got she's black and middle eastern so it's her experience of white supremacy not correct not contributing to it uh both Interesting. So, she, so she talks about how like um one of the people that i'm reading this with on bookstagram instagram is biracial mm-hmm. um and there's specific things calling 
out or calling in biracial people, but how they both experience oppression and are sometimes the oppressors mm. if they are per- perpetrate, perpetuating gotcha. white supremacy. Um, so it's definitely more aimed at white people, but it's aimed at anyone with white privilege. So either white people or people who are white passing yep. or even just like lighter skinned mm-hmm. POC. Um, but anyways, one of the first weeks is like, uh, do you think you're better than other white people and you're just doing this work to as self-improvement mm-hmm. or that you think it's good enough to just understand it intellectually and not have to do the journaling and do the work? Mm. And I was like, dang, I was like this Called to you do out yeah. inside so, a book. That's the whole point. But anyways, reading like one chapter a day has been really good for me mm-hmm. because... I don't have this expectation that I'm just going to like sit here and read it straight through. And it also like gives you time to absorb it. It's not like I'm just trying to finish as fast as I can so I can say I've read it. So I'm going to try to keep doing that throughout the year with some other, because I have other nonfiction books along this vein. Um, I have How to Be an Anti-Racist by Dr. Even Kendi. And I also have Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin. Mm -hmm. I forget her last name. Um, uh, Indigenous scientist and author um and i think this is going to be a good way for me to read nonfiction. i think it's a more realistic way for me to read it where mm-hmm. i just like read a chapter a day sure um and don't expect that i'm gonna like sit down and just like memorize it in yeah. two hours and your third uh new year's resolution is to keep up with the obituaries so tell us who has passed away <laughs> in the last 24 hours that's not my new hours. year's resolution i was do looking... you know do you know who I hank was... aaron is first of all uh, yeah. Baseball, name something about him player. name something else um he was one of the first like famous black baseball players he yeah. had a lot of home runs he had the home run home record for a while Correct. and then when barry bonds got it barry bonds is his god godson and there was a whole thing uh willie mays is his godfather Shit. so you're yeah but but there was a thing yeah like a hank aaron and yeah that was a big passing of the guard yes yeah. a passing of the guard i'm sorry yeah. i did get him confused about the godfather thing that's but, okay he, there was like a whole thing with the Barry Bonds home run record. It was Hank Aaron. Yeah. Right? Correct. Okay. And um, now who else passed away? You're like doing this big <laughs> setup. I I was trying to We look. captured the joke right before we started recording. So we're I was trying we're failing to look to I was trying it. to look at newses and and I was said, Did you hear that, that Hank Larry Aaron died? And, then, and said, then I said, Did you hear that Larry David died? And I said uh, do you know that's different than David, David Letterman? And I said, yes, Larry David is the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm with the And I said, no, that's Larry David. And you went, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said, no, Larry King died. And I said, he's the news guy, right? What was Larry You said, King? I never got Larry King. And I was like, I'm not sure there was a ton to get. I mean, I didn't get Larry David. <laughs> no, like, I get Curb that. Curb Your Enthusiasm, I don't really understand. And mm-hmm. the Lady Gang podcast, which like got me into podcasts. Yeah. They, uh, two of them always talk about how they have a crush on Larry David. Oh, weird. And I didn't get that. Got it. But he's still alive and well as far as we know. Although <laughs> we these, things, so. these things happen in threes. We hope so. And we know Hank Aaron, Larry King were. Could have been Larry David. Yeah. Do, do you know? Have you seen Larry David today? No, it's going to get me into my bad news because he plays Bernie Sanders on SNL. And I'm Ooh. sure the first SNL back will be him wearing mittens. SNL is one of my newses. Because uh, uh, David's going to be on there. Yeah, Dan yeah. Levy. Um, the mittens were made by like a teacher in Vermont who gave them to him on a campaign should, stop. Isn't that nice? That's it's beautiful. Why is that the meme that that we leave the inauguration? That was one with? of my bad news. Didn't was meme that's what I said. Yeah, didn't Bill Clinton fall asleep in the middle of Joe's speech? Why is that not a meme? Why is oh, that not, not a gift? Let's not give Bill Clinton more airtime. I'm just saying that 
Like, I get that, like, people are like, whew, we can relax because we all made it to last Wednesday, the 20th, which was one of my good news. And, like, the most monumentous thing that happened was that Bernie Sanders had weird mittens and looked like... Right. The, the funniest, the first one I saw is yeah. still the funniest. And it was like, um, when you got to stop by the inauguration quick, but it's not your whole day. Yeah. Like... No, see, I like the one that was... We're contributing to it here, but the one that was like... I think this could have been an email. Because he does kind of have that pose that's like, I'm here, but I feel like I don't I have like to be here. I the one that was like, I got to stop by real quick, but it's not my whole day. Yeah. Because he looked like he's like on his way to the post to office. Yeah. Like he had an envelope. Like, I'm going to stop by real quick. But why does that have to be extrapolated to or every... Or when you forgot your book. That was another... There was a lot of book-related yeah. ones that I saw. Forgot your book? When oh, you, got like, it. Like, when you yeah, go to yeah. the doctor's got office, it, you yeah. got a long wait, and you forgot your book. But, so like, I often there. cross my legs in meetings and things. Like, I just don't... It was, it was a combination of, like, his fairly casual attire. Yeah. When other people were, like, in very intense, like, yeah. pantsuit winter outfits. But he's the senator from Vermont. But also just the look on his face but he was fucking cold the, there was a lot Ugh. of good teacher ones too yeah that was like um i'm gonna sit here till you quiet down yeah that, like that one yeah and then there was one that's not even read it i could just i could just guess and then it there was one that was like i'm gonna see if i can find it um me in the classroom with all the windows open for covid ventilation yeah I got it related yeah. to that one me watching my students working alone on ipads from six feet away so yeah i admit like there's kind of a few tent poles I've decided in my personality. First and foremost is that I don't like craft beer. I stand by that as like the most important element Did of my personality. Did you see that whiskey commercial the other day? Mm-mm. It was like, it was at like a brewery and it was like one of those annoying ones where people have their dogs. Like I love yeah. dogs, but like one of those types yeah, of breweries. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a food truck outside. And they were like, yeah. With and they like, food. what type of beer do you want? And someone was like, this one has goat's milk in it. And then a different person was like, this one is made from the Vikings. And like yeah. someone... Uh, and then the bartender was just like, here's a whiskey ginger. Yeah. And then it was like, when you're sick of beer or something <laughs> like that. I thought you would okay, relate to that. Okay, I appreciate that. that. Sure. So that's number one. Number two and 2B are that I don't like dad jokes and I don't like puns. I assume those are kind of one and the same. Okay. And the third one is that I am anti-meme. Okay. And I admit it's a little bit out of selfishness because I grew up as being not a class clown, but like my family, like I was the funny one in the family and I was the funny one in a lot of the, f- the friends groups yeah. we were in. And I don't think my humor would translate to memes and I have just no interest in like memeing anything. I so also, I don't find it funny because I don't think I could be funny with I it. I also think we're just like a little too old for it. Like same thing with TikTok. Like, like the humor is like... To, to me, not that humor can't cross generational boundaries, but to me, like, the humor is very, like, millennial Gen yeah. X. What's Gen Z? What's the next one? Gen, Gen Z. Z. Zeners, this, yeah. this humor that, like, I don't quite get. Yeah. Like, like you I can laugh at... You were more in the reaction GIF I'm all about zone. GIFs. I had yeah. probably... Thousands of gifts saved that back in the big Tumblr day. Folder. Um, because I'd that say was I need like something for this. Go, oh, I know where that one is. Yeah, so I am all for like a funny gif. Mm-hmm. I'm all for like so like the Bernie thing. Like for me, my humor of that would be like just using that as a reaction to someone saying something. Yeah, I'm all about like reaction gifts and memes. I'm not about like a funny saying on a picture. Like some yeah. of my students will try and like share me on like even like the next level of memes yeah. and i'm like i don't get this i have you have to there's like memes within memes yeah like when the meme is referencing 
a show that referenced a meme. I, it's right too at much that point. Right, like the the point isn't to make anyone laugh. It's just to like show how clever you it's like, are. It's I an guess? inside joke, basically. Yeah. It's an inside joke with a billion people. Man, and I and like I come from a family that can beat inside jokes to death. <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> I guess I should be grateful that I have no memers in my family. Mm. So I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so I think that was pretty much my good news and bad news in terms of... I was still on the intro. That's fine. R.I.P. Larry King. <laughs> um, I was just going to do a little bit of a streaming update, because I know that was a big... That was also on my... Oh, okay. uh, our streaming? Yeah. Yeah, I made a purchase. I bought a $30 Roku uh, little box with, uh, with some Amazon credit, because I don't like Amazon, and I felt weird having Amazon credit in my hand, so I need to use it up. And also... You claim that our smart TV is kind of dumb. Well, I, that's one annoyance about this whole thing is that it was purchased in 2017, so it's three and a half years old. Yeah. And Apple TV refuses to make an app for it, and Peacock refused to make an app for it, and Hulu has never worked well on it. Mm. Netflix was pretty good. Um, YouTube TV did okay, but then you tried to use Sling and it was garbage. Sling was terrible. Yeah. So. At first, I was going to buy the Google Stick because I sort of, with my Android phone, have bought into Google stuff and, and I'm Chrome. signed up and Chromebook, yeah. But they are never going to have the Apple TV right, video true. streaming app because they have, hate each other. Yeah. So Roku is apparently the only one that will bring all those things together. In addition, now apparently Quibi as well because they're going to I'm send them a lifeline that, and buy that, it for like ten bucks or for whatever. For that Darren show, royalties with the girl from um, Who's the Worst? You're yep. the worst. Yeah, Aya Cash. Um, yeah, Aya. I wanted to watch that show, but I wasn't gonna fucking pay for Queebies. Yeah. And now, I so I don't know it. how they're gonna do it because I think they were all uh, portrait mode, so they might still not be watchable. Very fun, but what do you mean? They were made for phones, so I think they were up and down. I'm not so, sure. Anyway, half your TV. Just um, like the old school. So Roku overall, like on a one to five scale, I would give it a four so far. The interface is okay. I like the interface better. Yeah. Because I don't, it's easier to see all the apps. You don't have to scroll through sideways pages. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to give it like a, a 10 for the fact that it has what you wanted. I was going to say, Go yeah. For it. it has multiple live streaming lists of crap. Uh, and the ones that don't count are the ones I'm stealing from my father because he has an active Xfinity account. So the FX, where we've been watching movies on that, that doesn't count. The ESPN I've been stealing. The HBO I've been stealing. But anyways, aside from that, you've got like Pluto TV, you've got the Roku channel, which has a bunch of actual like watchable free movies, it and had, I think Redbox has it one has too. Has the Survivor channel. That was what I j- jotted down. We, yeah. I very narrowly escaped. We spent, we spent like two and a half hours on one it. One afternoon, but this could have yeah. been the rest of our lives. There were enough no, Survivor seasons. I know. The good thing is though, but it's twenty-four hours a day, so you actually get through like two seasons a day. So it's like not, it's not physically, it's not sane to watch one watch whole season. Me. So somehow you have to like catch the next one. That's like one. Friends. That's like in yeah. Australia when like they would play the sitcoms in order. So like you would miss that episode. You have to wait two months from then until it yeah. came back around. I don't miss Friends. and I don't miss no. The Office. No. Um, I'm Peacock, I've liked a lot of the stuff we watched there, but I'm never going to watch The Office on you. No. Um, the Amazing Race channel would be yeah. a fun one. The Amazing Race Survivor, you like at some point kind of have to follow along, like right. who's on which alliances and shit. Yeah, amazing, as a self-contained episode, like you're not going to get a lot. Amazing out of Race, you, you could just, just fucking tune in. pick up. I yeah, mean, that's probably the one. You'll, I feel like you get slightly less connection to the teams and slightly more interest in like the challenges they're doing because they yeah. travel. So you could just be like, "Where are we today?" Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so they had special channels for those. Yeah. So overall, I have good things to say about Roku. Like we said, they have they have every service that you want. They have some other random stuff as well. You can hook up your Google Photos and get like slideshows and stuff, screensavers. Um, I would say, well, they have that like fish screen. They have a good like screensaver, yeah. just like backgrounds yeah. TV too. I was going to say that um, they uh, are extra favorable in my mind right now because of the Apple Plus. Yeah. What, what, whatever we're watching Ted Lasso on? Apple TV, yeah. Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called. It's like we got a free trial, right? Correct. Yes, three months. Yeah. That one we legitimately is to our name. Yeah. yeah correct. Yeah, good call. Um, and I'm saying that we've one of the shows I've been enjoying watching most recently is Ted yeah. Lasso, mm -hmm. recommended by a couple people so um, on Instagram. We will talk more about that in a separate episode. Yeah. Same with Saved by the Bell. Yeah, got a few more to go on remix theme song is stuck in my head at the moment. Mm -hmm. Those are the two we're enjoying the most. Yeah. Um... I'm sorry that I had such a long intro. That's fine. I, that covered my news. Is that was everything I had? I was also going to do it like a teeny bit of a reading. A intro. reading? Oh, reading. I thought you meant like you were <laughs> a, reading. a dramatic reading. <laughs> Chapter one. Um, I talked about the nonfiction book that I've yeah. been reading. You mentioned like, I sat and read a whole book today. Yeah. I started two books. I read a couple chapters of each of them. Neither of them are really, really working for me. I give you credit for, for doing that exercise. So Started, you haven't thrown those out. They're just in a... No, I think I tossed those. Oh, Not wow. like in the trash, but I'm I've been gonna... reading a lot of people online talking about doing book cleanses. I think we're still probably like a couple years away from that. Yeah. I There are definitely some books that I'm eyeballing that I'm mostly keeping because I like the cover and not because I enjoyed the book at this point. A couple of the people who were talking about it said... It's okay if a book makes you happy just from it being there, even if you're not sure you're ever going to pick it up. If it's still bringing you joy... I'm talking about the opposite. A book that I fucking hated, but the cover is so pretty. Oh, you you already read it. Cersei. I'm going to read it, and I'm probably going to love it. Love that cover. Mm -hmm. Did not enjoy the book. Yeah. Um, so there's some other... There's some books like that that were either just meh, or I didn't really like them, but they're very pretty. Like, I like the addition of them. Yeah. Like, they're nice. I don't um, have any books to talk... I'm going to let you continue, but... I've read a few books this year. I think I'm going to wait and not say anything about Tenahasi Coates until I read your James, the James Baldwin book as well. Okay, so. we could even do that on a pod. That could be yeah. a good Black History Month podcast if you can. All right. So, do what's it your reading update from today? Um. So yeah, I've been trying to not feel guilty if a book is just not not working for me at the moment. Yep. I've been in such strange moods and had such wildly varying mental capacity lately that um, I don't want to feel bad mm -hmm. if a book's just not doing it for me. The books that I had um, started today were books that I was just like mildly interested in and they just didn't really do it for me. Didn't grab you. Um, so I, I know gave, on Book Digits you can read a preview of these books. I gave them, well, yeah, I'm so sick of reading ebooks. That was the reason yeah. I, on a, I think that's something I want to try to do on the weekends is read a hardcover book where I actually have time to sit down and read it. Whereas during the week, like reading on my need to phone, be a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Reading on my phone is a little easier. Cause if I have a spare second here or there, I can just like pull up my phone yep. on the app. Um, but yeah, I was like a weekend is a good time where I can sit and read actually a hard copy book. Sure. So the other two, I probably won't go back to them. I gave them a pretty good shot. I gave them each a couple chapters and mm -hmm. just like, wasn't doing it for me. There are some other books where I've read the ebook literally like the first three pages and it didn't grab me and then I'll, I'll leave it on my to read list. Yeah. The ones from today I'll probably take off my to read list. Yeah. But the one that really caught me unexpectedly, it was the third one I picked up, meaning like the, the yeah. one that I 
That's sort of backburnered. Yeah. Mm. Um, the Revolution of Bertie Randolph mm. by Brandy Colbert. Check your book digits profile. Brandy Colbert. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Nothing really happened. Um, yeah, but the faces you were making it was, during it. It was a very... I felt like I experienced the whole book as it well. It was a very typical YA book where it's just like she's kind of like rebelling a Bernie little bit against... Bernie is the girl? Birdie. Birdie is the girl. Um, her actual name is Dove. Uh, she is just like rebelling against her parents a little bit and her aunt comes back into her life um, who she hasn't seen in a while and she gets this new boyfriend that she knows her parents won't approve of and um, like not very many events happen yeah. but like a lot happens like with her character development yeah. and her relationships with the people in her life um, and there were some bombshells there was a bombshell hidden inside a different bombshell wow inception bombshell um, that doesn't count as a meme so yeah I just I enjoyed it a lot I sat and read it straight through it I mean it was like a lower a YA-ish book sure. so it was like pretty easy to read through yeah. um, but I enjoyed it and the other ones that I read a lot of pages of was Dread Nation. That was another one I didn't think I was going to enjoy mm-hmm. that much. Alternate history, zombies, racism. Mm-hmm. It's my word cloud. Um, <laughs> can you do a word cloud out loud? I don't think so. You have to modulate your voice. <laughs> zombies. Zombies, alternate history, racism. Wait, it wouldn't be within each word. It would be yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I described it to someone as the walking dead Except if it was, like, a CW show written by a black woman. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of um, truish stuff about history pulled in, like, residential schools for American, uh, Native Americans. Mm-hmm. And I almost said American Indians. I don't think I've ever used that term before. I wonder if they use that in the book. Hmm. And a lot of stuff about, like, slavery and how, like, when it ended, it didn't really end. Yeah. Um, in our version of reality it's more of like the prison industrial complex yeah. whereas in this version they became like the zombie hunters mm-hmm. um and then therefore would like we're still in this like servile role that yeah. they would have to be the ones that would like go and try and protect the white people anyways i read like fucking a thousand pages of this series because the mm-hmm. first one was like 400 and something pages didn't check off that 500 page it didn't that's part of the reason i read the book sequel achievement. um I just kind of got a little hooked into the world and I wanted Mm -hmm. to read the sequel, but the sequel also was like almost 600 pages. So I got past my book digits achievement. You're reading tenacity. So yeah, I read the first one I read on paperback. The second one, I was too impatient to wait and get it on paperback. So I read fucking like 600 pages on ebook would not recommend. That's why I needed a break from it to read a paperback. Got it. Now, can we do quick mini reviews of the the two movies that made us watch? Because I hope we're not going to do full segments of those any day. Oof! I think did we already talk about Bull Durham on the podcast? Yeah, uh, right. yeah, it's in the same the vein. One you made Alien me watch? and oh. yeah. I wrote Alien down. I, I don't have that much to say about it, honestly. No, I had always heard it described as like Jaws in space, like that type of like. It's the same. Seminal, yeah, that's fair. Like, and I get it in terms of the effects and the cinematography—not cinematography, but just the whole overall visual, I guess, art of the film. Well, and it, just the arc is—I thought what you were going to yeah. say. Like, there's scientists, and then they find a thing, and it starts killing people, and they have to figure out how to kill the thing and not yeah. die. It's the same. But yeah, you you jumped a couple times in terms of like the scare element. Um, but like really purely jump scares. Like I yeah. have nightmares about 
everything. Um, and this movie like didn't get to me. Yeah. I will admit I was not paying enough attention to be that scared. Yeah. Also, I am someone who's already terrified of space. Yeah. So like adding in a scary space monster, mm. like that space monster is not going to be in my house. Right. I'm not going to be in a situation, hopefully, where yeah. I'm like in outer space with an evil monster thing because like you will not catch me in space. I will stay here on Earth. Thank you. Yeah. I guess the the hottest take I can have is that coming from me, someone who's like not a Star Wars person, like I would watch probably any of the Star Wars movies again before that before Alien again. Wow. Just like it doesn't doesn't have any personality real, really. Yeah, I like feel I that. get how uh what's her name? Uh Sigourney. Yeah. I get how that kinda launched her as like a a cult figure maybe but and watching it back now i assumed not even by the sequels but just like knowing that she was the one who got famous from that movie i assumed yeah. that she, spoilers but yeah. i assumed that she would be the one to survive yeah um but yeah the dynamics of the people were just a little bit flat yeah um and i was i was surprised of how quickly the whole they capture the alien and bring it back yeah like all of a sudden they were back in the ship and and i kind of enjoyed it because it became a very self-contained thing but it was just the thing, i didn't love the, the thing i didn't it. enjoy about it is like the horror movie thing where you're just like watching the bad decisions happen yeah like that's not fun for me i'm someone who struggles with like secondhand embarrassment like i can't always watch the office yeah the u.s version of the office because like it's too hard to watch people make really dumb choices like cringy humor and this was like cringe cringe horror horror. yeah that's a good term where where you're watching them like knowing that they're doing something dumb and it's gonna have a bad result but for me like that's not fun it's not like oh no what do they do let's keep watching it's like oh you dumb mofos and then i just kind of yeah I, I, I don't it, it uh, lessens my investment in it yeah because it's like they're obviously making these dumb decisions for for plot purposes yeah. and then I, I don't care as much about what happens to the characters right. uh, the whole robot thing was more interesting I was gonna say that was the best reveal the, and the best yeah, yeah the I mean it made me think a lot about um, space Odyssey oh. uh, 2001 a space Odyssey which I watched in Australia a I while kind ago of, like half watched that with yeah you and I mean odd. that's like much more experimental like cerebral film yeah. for sure um and it does a lot better job in terms of like the relationship with an ai and that type of thing but yeah this one in terms of like what the mother computer was saying the motherboard i guess uh and the, and that oh, character that's why it was called mother i assume so yeah got it i missed that um so yeah that was the most interesting part otherwise like you're saying it was just kind of a matter of which character is going to get alone enough in a dark corridor? I was mostly invested in the cat. Yeah. Jonesy. Like, and like everyone, everyone talks very highly of the, the monster itself and how it's filmed to be scary. And yeah, there was some... They did a good job of um, disguising the bad special effects by having it be like in shadows. And yeah. like, I think they did a good job of okay. that part of it. I would like a remake of this from the perspective of the cat. That's the only thing I'd be interested in. I don't want to see Alien 2, Alien versus Predator, whatever. I just want to see yeah. the cat. Um, All was, right. was Passengers with, like, Chris Pratt, was that, like, a play on Alien without the alien? Mm, so I watched Seems Prometheus, which is supposed to be, like, an alien prequel, which also had Sigourney Weaver, which was a Lindelof production. So I think I sort of have watched them in sequence, but also not in sequence. I don't know. But, yeah, that same idea of being woken up too soon, I think, is a pretty common sci-fi trope. Yeah. Um. All right, so we got to do three minutes on the film known as Swingers. 
I wanted to make one quick comment on the Huckabees movie you were watching. Oh, yeah, I heard Huckabees. Did you ever finish it? Yes. I watched a little bit of it, and, like, my one uh, useful sentence yeah. is that it's it's the opposite of the Truman Show. Yeah, you had a very, very it was perceptive... pretty insightful. Yeah, insightful, yeah. Because the Truman Show, he, like, is convinced he's real, and everyone else around him is convincing him he's real, but actually he's in a simulation. Correct. And Huckabees is, they're in the real world, as far as we know, right. and convinced that they're in a simulation and right. act as if they're in a simulation. But the whole vibe of it was very similar to me, to Truman, to Truman Show, but flipped. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was, yeah, definitely like a batshit crazy movie. It, like, leaned a little too hard for me on, like, trying to discuss philosophical things in a commercial movie enterprise um i thought it leaned a little bit too hard on caring about jason schwartzman who's was, different than jason bateman <laughs> yes no the act like this is like the most i've ever liked walt Wal- Wal- i was gonna Marky say Mark. that he was he fucking hilarious was, just his commitment to all these bizarre ass scenes and he was like meant to be an asshole like he yeah. bothers me in movies where he's meant to be like the lovable asshole sure. because i think he's just an asshole in right. this movie he was like a crazed asshole same as in the departed where he's just the the police guy who just yes. goes off on everyone like know? i'm all for mark Wahlberg just if he wants to his... cash in on how much of an asshole he is right. and that his face but like works ted on you're never TV. gonna go back and watch ted again because no. they try to make him yeah. him, him like yeah. lovable and redeemable i don't yeah. buy that like, the one time that I kind of was near him in person, he was a dick, and I, yeah. I held So my takeaway, I was, like, half working while I was watching that movie. I uh, hope my bosses aren't listening. But I'll definitely have to go back and watch that again. It's certainly a rewatchable movie, uh, and I totally get the cult classic label for I Heart Huckabees. For the film Swingers... Oh, God. I the, cannot... the worst movie I have watched in recent memory. Starting with the title. Starting with the title. There are no married people having sex with other married people in this movie. No. There's a lot of words that, like, casinos have, like... Money, baby, money. Oh, <laughs> well, no, God. yeah. I'm just saying, Sorry. like, there's a lot of, like, terminology in, like, poker and things, like, rounders and, and tilt and that stuff, but rounders. swingers isn't rounders one of them. Rounders would have been a much better name. Um, And there's a little bit of jazz music played and a little there bit of dancing. Like kind of a scene where there was swing dancing. I would like to know, like on their whiteboard or what yeah. other titles they had working titles right. for this because swingers was not must not have been the first title or no. it was and then they cut out a whole swing dancing section who knows but yeah i will i will never watch that film again um i i kind of get it that like like not everybody in the world likes zoolander and old school and wedding crashers and those are like three films that i like defined me in high school and i also get it from like the perspective of like men needing a breakup movie Mm -hmm. in some ways in theory that would be healthy to have like show a man going through a breakup or he's the one that's like sad and you're seeing which is forgetting sarah marshall which is a funny film and worth watching ish yeah it's a little bit cringy as well oh for sure but yeah, exactly. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's a comedy. It's a clear comedy with yes. jokes this and one characters. Was um, I was deeply concerned about the health of all of the actors in it. Very I, early Favreau and Vaughn. Yeah, you were taken aback. By 
<laughs> um, also, I'm not sure that they knew that was like the final run through that was going to be it in the movie. It feels like a student film or something. It was very poorly rehearsed. It didn't yeah. seem like it was rehearsed at all. It didn't seem like there was any director. Was this like a self-directed film? I I don't know. Uh, it most it sounds like it was like Favreau's like brainchild of his early experience it just in seems like a film student movie like you said it seems like seems like a yeah. film school movie um it was just they had a separate director yeah. bad um it just wasn't funny it wasn't funny it's not like it didn't age well because like there was a lot of like sexist stuff like that stuff wasn't great there was but some racist things that yeah. didn't age well well but that weren't good like, in the first time didn't seem like any attempt at humor I for me didn't laugh at all no i looked perplexed for most of it i they weren't even charming were they supposed to be charming i don't know they were supposed to be hyper realistic the only, like wry humor like looking back that i got up out of it was that john favreau was the least funny person in the film and, and he thought was supposed he was to a be comedian? the comedian right so i kind but of also like, by starting the movie with him in this past tense relationship or that relationship being over and everyone just tells you how much they're struggling in L.A. You don't see any of them doing anything except I, for going out to drink. There's just no investment in any of them. Starting by going to Vegas was the confusing part. Which ended up being I only one anyway. scene, but took like 30 minutes and, and I, was worthless. Um, Weird movie. I just didn't get it. I, I didn't see the value in it. And you almost walked out it. because of the, the dialogue, the repetitive dialogue. Baby, money, baby. What over really, what really like lingered with me was that you could hear the cadence of Vince Vaughn, of Wedding Crashers Vince Vaughn, but, in his voice. But no, none of the words coming out of his mouth were made funny any sense or, or were made funny. sense. Yeah. And I just sat there thinking, how did he convince someone to let him do this character again and trust that it would be funny? Because it was not the funny the first time. The only character I liked was um, the guy from Office, Office Space. Space guy, yeah. My biggest issue as a woman watching mm. this um, is the the film could have been redeemed had they like had they gone with don't listen to your asshole friends on how to get a girl just right. like be yourself and be honest with someone yeah. but instead they go if you're too honest with someone on their voicemail at 2 a.m., they'll never want to see you again. So you need to see women as as, as baby bunnies that you need to eat oh, and then swing God. dance with them. Like, like the, the message should have been like, you're not your asshole friends. Don't listen to them. Yeah. And instead it was, if you just give in to them eventually, you'll find another woman who'll fall for it. If you it. go to enough bars, yeah. I don't know. I just, it scares me between that and Bill Durham that there's a generation of people who were like, not just like this was a great movie, yes. but like this is ingrained Those in me. Those were the people who marched on the on the Capitol, yeah. like or literally the children of toxic them, probably, masculinity. But, yeah, I don't know. Those weren't that old of films, were 80s, they? Yeah. The 80s? Well, no, Swingers is just 1996. Yeah, it looked like it was older than Alien in some shots, and so, every car scene, like you could hear all the car noise. So like there was were, no audio. So you and there was a lot of long car scenes. I oh know that's God. a pet peeve. Good in lord! Now. You were a teenager when like Wedding Crashers came out. High so school, yeah. People that were sixteen in nineteen ninety six were born in nineteen eighty. Yeah, that's not that much older than us. Okay, yeah, you're right. And Bull Durham was like the eighties. Yeah. So Bull Durham would have been like a little bit before that. Bull mm-hmm. Durham would have been people born in the seventies, but that's not that much older than us. Man. That was meant to be short. I knew that was going to be long. I was That's fine. Save it. We'll take our commercial break now. I think we should have a special 
Um, Blue Apron paid. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, we should have a special sponsored post. Yeah. Um, this is our book advertisement. Okay. This is a... So as I think we've mentioned the podcast before, The Great Gatsby's um, copyright is up. It is, yes. It's in public so, domain. The first book of the week for Book Digits this year. Yep. Book Digits, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com, the yep. best book reviewing website out there, um, was a book called Jay the Great. It is a retelling of Gatsby in a modern setting. Um, and I don't I don't think I marked it, it as one of It takes place in Boston, my, which is one thing that stood out to me. Yeah. I don't think I marked it as one of my favorite books of last year, even though I read it early yeah. because it technically comes out this year. But definitely going to be one of my favorite books of this year. So you can get it on Amazon. Yep. We're helping can to promote it. Can you get it on bookshop.org uh, The paperback, I think, showed up. Yeah. So yeah, paperback or ebook. So read it. You won't regret it. Um, and if you do read it, make a nice review somewhere. Yeah. Preferably book digits. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. And thinking about The Great Gatsby makes me think about titles again and swingers. Because the title that F. Scott Fitzgerald was ready to go with was Tramalchio. What? Like, the book would not have succeeded if it was not called The Great Gatsby. Like, there's a reason that only nerds have read the similar version. Yeah. I still don't know how to say it. The Sim- yeah. Cimmerillion? Yeah. The Tolkien one? Yeah, it's an important thing. Swingers, bad title, bad okay. movie. Well, in this case, it matches, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think we should stick with movies then. You want to go with a movie? Yeah. Okay. This movie had a good title, and I did not really enjoy it. Did it have a good title? Because soul and jazz are two different things in terms of music. Okay, La La Land. Yeah. Let the me white teach man you. trying to talk about jazz. Um, I never did my news. It's fine. We'll move on. Oh. Um, we ha- we've talked enough already. So we're so, talking about Disney Pixar's Soul. We are talking about Soul. Um, last time, I think this is a good like jump from last time because we were talking about another movie that came out on Christmas. Didn't Soul come out on Christmas? Uh, around then, right? We did Wonder Woman. So we right? did Wonder Woman, yeah. which was. Uh, awful um i would say the best thing i have to say about this movie is that it was a lot better than wonder woman uh a lot better yep it like was a movie watchable. it worked as a it more was watchable a than wonder fully woman. realized film yes um oh my only other good news was that we have a new president so there's that and a new first lady yeah and a new right i said that we made it to president. january 20th yeah. yep um so soul if you haven't watched it yet it's pixar it's very pixar for sure it's definitely like um the alternate version of Inside Out. It's the same guy, um, director, writer. But I'm saying that's even how it how it plays off. Is right. I didn't know anything about it coming in, and then once they get to the first afterlife scene, I was like, oh, this is like sort of a, a sequel to Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Or like a, just in the same universe. Yeah. Um, Which is a mixed bag for us. I think yeah, neither back of us. For us. Yeah. Um, Inside Out was never my favorite favorite. I appreciate the message of Inside Out. I appreciate like the um, em- social emotional learning of Inside Out, as they would say in the it's kind educator of what I world. Feel about all of Pixar, like I looked through the whole list, and I feel like once you kind of have graduated from Toy Story, like I admit, really liking Toy Story when it came out I as never a kids movie. Toy, Toy Story Four. Still haven't seen Four. Other than that, if you were to ask me my favorite Pixar movie, I would sort of say Finding Nemo, although I can't picture myself like really wanting to sit down and go through all of it again. 
Although the father-son relationship would be interesting now that I have a child. Uh, I also always say Wally, but I also never enjoy all of Wally, especially like the 20th time they play that scene of the musical of them singing. I'm like, fucking, let's move on I from this. I was thinking of Up is another one that, like, in theory, I've seen it, like, like, twice, but I don't really like, know what happens. Yeah. The dog and the boy and the... I'm definitely a, more of a Disney person. Mm. I was never a Disney princess girl going, growing up. I was definitely, like, Lion King, Little Mermaid. Mulan. Mulan wasn't out at first, though. Mm. I was a Lion, I was a Disney animal movie. My favorites mm-hmm. were, like, Lion King, Aristocrats. Little Mermaid has in a lot ocean, of animals yeah, in sure. it that talk. Yeah. Um, Great Mouse Detective. 101 Dalmatians. The Rescuers, 101 Dalmatians. Mm. I was all about those Disney animal movies. Yeah. So that was my my jam, those yeah. type of movies. Um, I was never a princess, princess, Disney princess kind of person, really. Yeah. Um, Mulan is kind of like the anti-princess. She's like the commoner who saves everyone. And she does the saving herself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm more of a Disney person. Pixar is... But within Pixar, like, know. Toy Story, at least Toy Story 1, like, that's a kid's movie. I don't see how, like... That was because it was Disney Pixar at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, true. Um, it still is, I think, technically. Because they're uh-huh. on Disney Plus, yeah. Yeah, but they separated, like, the Steve creative Jobs process of it. Um, so... But, like, Soul, I can't imagine many... I don't know what age group of kids would, like, really enjoy that. I don't know. Middle school, maybe? I felt like... like older I felt like it was kids? a combination of Inside Out, which I don't think a lot of little kids would enjoy, mixed with Coco because of the person being okay, lost in yeah. a different world. Different dimension, kind And of. Coco... With ancestors and... Yeah, yeah. Coco, I liked a, a lot of it, not all of it. But Coco I could also see that could work for little kids. And Coco's yeah. also rewatchable. I've yeah. enjoyed watching that pieces of that again. Requiem. Uh, it's just one song. Um, should have had such a good soundtrack and there was one song. <laughs> I think Soul was really aimed at families going to movie theaters together yeah and i think that's still what they tried to aim it at was families stuck at home together and a movie that's like not like dumb because like adults get sick of like dumb kids movies yeah. nobody wants to watch fucking coco melon yeah. um and it but it has to be like catchy enough or funny enough or um cartoony enough for no, little right. kids. it's definitely in the so i think family it's a family category, film yeah. more than a, a kid's film i just would picture a lot of families sitting there and like the kid being like wait what's happening where is he now who is that why is he sad who's the cat do that in every movie though yeah i guess so um yeah i definitely would picture this like upper elementary though not like little kids not like i think little kids would be bored i guess is what i'm trying to um, get out i just I appreciated the artistic style of the Afterworld more than I actually liked it. I was just hmm. like, okay, this is artsy, but I didn't. One of my now, one of my now pet peeves that I've just now discovered thanks to this and the Good Place is that I hate like the whole bureaucracy of, of like something spiritual. Like it's just it doesn't work for me. Like for like. Like a cutaway gag, maybe sure you could say, "Oh, here's people in heaven going through." But blah, having blah, blah. the whole plot depends on so much of the like good files. place was here. Are, here's the good place people, and here's the bad here's place the people, office, and here's the and documents, here's the and there's the like like good. The good place lost me when there was like actual like new like uh numbers and paperwork yeah. behind everything like you know this director of soul like saw the jeremy Baramy thing was like this is genius i'm gonna play off something yeah. like that I was like, good lord so i just didn't like the whole vibe the yeah. the only afterlife 
thing I've ever liked from social from a from mm, a media pop culture yeah. or media thing is um, his Dark Materials. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that was like very formative for me. The yeah. way that in the Amber Spyglass they portray it, the afterlife, and I don't want to spoil anyone we'll who's watching TV show the show. There. Talk about a um, slow slog. Whew. Yeah. Um, the, this second season was always going to be a slog, though. It's got, Subtle Knife has a little bit of mi- middle book syndrome. Yeah. Where, like, a lot of things have to happen and invented add up for the middle third book. book. Syndrome. Um, definitely didn't invent it, but it, yeah, it's guilty of it for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of trying to, like, show the afterlife and things. I don't yeah. know. So this movie was just okay. Um, I... <laughs> I was a little worried in the middle of it that the ending of it was going to be quit all your dreams and teach children to have their dreams. We had a really bad teaching <laughs> week and we said that maybe teaching wasn't your lifelong calling. And yeah, we were both on pins and needles because like about hour 15 in, you're like, he's going to say when when the little girl convinces the other girl to keep playing drama and you're like, fuck. They're going to say the most important thing you can do if you're not going to have kids is to teach kids. Yeah, or like that that your dream is less important than inspiring kids to live their dreams. Right, you can do more if you can, yeah. Um, I didn't think there was much of a message. The ending was very We're going to get into confusing. the ending right now, yeah. Um, I don't remember it that well, so uh, let me just like give my impression of it. Uh-huh. I just was waiting for it to have any sort of message and maybe that is the message that there is no meaning of life but it just so yeah the part was the, the scene that really turned me off and i guess these are spoilers but whatever it's it's a not a real su- suspenseful film in some ways um he gets he gets where he wants to be which is performing at this club with a notorious band leader um he plays an amazing set. She's a jazz musician. A band leader Correct. sounds like a That's drum what they call major. Them. Yeah, I know. I know the, the lingo, babe. Okay. Okay, Ryan Gosling. Um, they go outside, mm-hmm. and he's talking to her, and he says, "What's next?" And she says, "We do the whole thing tomorrow, all over again." And that leaves him kind of miffed. Disagree. I completely understood that part. I sort of understood it. It reminded me of every scene in The Leftovers when Kevin Garvey would have a good day and then he'd kind of walk outside and be like, fuck, the world is actually kind of empty. And he'd reset back into like his dark place. Oof, The Leftovers would be tough to watch this year. Yeah. Oof. Anyways, so no, I was I was offended by this scene in Soul because you are invested in Joe. Joe, right? Yeah. The whole time, believing that he has worked very hard and dreamed a lot about being able to play music for a living. And he has only done it for a couple hours in one night. I do not believe that he would be, like, at all coming off that high. I completely disagree with you there. That mm. is not the part that the ending got mm. me. I think that it made total sense to me that he was just, like, holding on so tight to this idea that if he just could play music he would understand everything about his life and his life would be perfect. Like he was building it up that like, if this one thing went right in his life, like everything that was wrong in his life and every second he was unhappy was because he never succeeded at his dream. So I bought that part that like, that like he had like almost put too much stock into this one thing. And when he got it, he was just like, this is great. But like one moment can't fix your whole life. And, like, achieving one dream 
it's not like you, your dream is not a fixed target, right? Like, I hear you. I think he got to that point and he was like, this is all I've ever wanted was to do what I just did. What yeah. do I do now? I understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying that his dream was to be a jazz musician, not to play one set. His, actually, I get... not really. His dream was to play one perfect set of jazz because his his memory with his dad yeah. was watching a jazz a yeah. jazz concert where like everyone vibed and it was like perfect. Okay. Anyways, I'm Moving, just saying. Yeah, let's move on from that. Uh, I'm saying the the part that confused me was the next part. Yeah. Where he like dies again? What happens? He ends up back upstairs, right? I think so. And his sidekick, 23, what's her name? Um, Tina Fey's character. Did not think that was Tina Fey. She can do voice work, apparently. That was good. I appreciate it when someone can do voice work and not, you don't instantly recognize them. 22, excuse me, is her character name. So they kind of have to make a decision of who's going to take the... Oh, no, this is all happens before. Right? I don't know now. He ascends... But then is given another chance by the spirits, right, which because... is bullshit. Because they they have one job to do. They're not supposed to be wishy-washy. And one of my other issues with the movie is that there's no actual villain. The Kiwi uh, actor, whose name is um, Rachel House. Um, it's, the, it's the one I was picturing, yeah, yeah, right? From, yeah, from Thor. And from Wilder People. Yeah. Um, like, she's supposed to be the villain, but... She's just following the rules? Kind of an incompetent... Yeah, yeah, actually not incompetent. She's the just only competent the rules. one. Yeah. So anyways, he's given another chance. And it ends with him enjoying looking at the trees in his New York street. Yeah, and that's I mean, life, I, I guess. his point was that, like, don't get bogged down so much in, like, whatever you think you're supposed to be doing. Just enjoy what you're doing. But, like, that is so wishy-washy to me. Like, he has to have a job. He has to... So this is my thing. <laughs> okay. Because 22 goes goes to Earth. And I'm so sick of fish out of water stuff now. Like, I'm not normally one of the people that gets sick of tropes. And I know it sounds like all I've done is complain about tropes, probably on this podcast oh, for its entirety. About, like, the last episode was about Wonder Woman and how they just... Correct. Yeah. And, like, maybe it's because I've seen Elf too much. And I think Elf is, like, the perfect fish the out pinnacle. of water. Yeah. And so everything else I go, oh, I see how they're kind of copying and Elf. And that was the thing that I enjoyed the most out of the first Wonder Woman movie was, like, ice cream and snow and babies. Right. And this like, one, and it's it pizza. And I lingered on the pizza, and I've lingered on it since, for a couple of reasons. Number one... You didn't tell me you were lingering on this. Number one, there's no guarantee that when 22 goes into a body, she or her family is going to be able to afford pizza on a regular basis. <laughs> You're really going on this? I'm dead fucking serious. Okay, this sorry. is a privileged conversation. Pizza's like a dollar in New York. You understand what I'm saying, is that they not may not be able to afford all the nice things that like, all the things she found exciting, a lot of them were consumerist-based, is what I'm getting at. Capitalism. Yes. Got it. Not also, as someone who has struggled with food and food addiction and binge eating in eating different order. capacities... Eating disorders. Basing your life around how good pizza is is not a healthy way to live. Okay. Okay? I think that's what I had to say on that. Okay, you got really So I was very up. annoyed that his way, one of his eureka moments of how great the world is was these things that cost money and contribute to the consumerist attitude i just was expecting like they built the movie so much up and had a very specific picture of the afterlife and the rules of how yeah. souls got to earth and then like the point of the movie was just very vague 
Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like, maybe I'm not happy with music, or maybe I am, or maybe I just need to learn to be happy with what I have. Or right, maybe, it was kind of just like, live in the present, which, like you're saying, is just the most wishy-washy thing you can say. And once again, like, if you have, to, if you have a job and you have bills right. to pay... Right, when he goes back to the school the next baby, day, living in the present isn't going to make that any more bearable no, and his X. mother and his issues with his mother aren't going to become bearable just because he's more present and like i've i've tried really hard in the last year to be more present yeah um and especially with the baby like just like not always be thinking like what's the next thing i have to do what's what's my job like tomorrow whatever yeah. like putting the phone away playing with the baby like having we've tried to like be good about having family time where yeah. we all just kind of hang out together and don't try and do other things at the same time um but that does not help when I'm tired. It doesn't help when I am stressed about my job. It doesn't help when the baby's crying. No. Like, so, uh, yeah, the, the, I don't know. The, the time that it works the best is when you decide that you're going to be more present going forward. That's the time when it feels the best because you're like, I'm going to take every and moment it can today. it for a couple of days and you can, can focus last. on the good parts sure. of your life. But like... If he like at some point he has to make a decision about his career and being right. in the present isn't going to help with that. And I just felt like there was a good opportunity here because this is aside from Up, which as we both admitted we can't really remember, most most movie characters and especially in kids movies are younger aged. Yeah. So here you had a man in like close to the second half of his life. I assume he was he's like in his thirties. I think. Oh, I thought he was like forty or fifty. I I don't think so. I think he's in his thirties. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that changes my viewpoint then. The, my I think my viewpoint is that if hmm. I was younger or older, I think I would have enjoyed this more. I think, yeah. see, I assumed he was, like, in his 30s, and I related a lot with him, obviously. Huh. So I feel like I wanted it to be more. Like, I was like, tell me. Like, yeah. like give me. I'm, I'm right. waiting That's for That's why I was so disappointed, because I was like, I, was like, I assume like, this guy has this. something to yeah. say. I feel like the director like had this idea for souls and had this idea for the funny switch of the souls, yeah. but he didn't actually have a message. Like there wasn't anything he wanted to like get across in the movie. And he kind of got to the ending and he was like, let's just do a montage of all the things that they liked on earth. And I was... Joe Gardner is 46 years old, so I win. Okay. I was picturing him in his late 30s. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I guess for me... Uh, I was just like kind of putting myself it's in a his... life-affirming movie. Disagree. That was what I wanted. I wanted it to be a life-affirming movie. That, maybe like, everything I just, would be okay. Maybe like, I just missed the message. Honestly, like he felt like he wasted his life. I liked some of it. Like I thought the part about him being kind of like an unreliable curator of the museum I found really interesting. That like he was looking back on his life with this like negative viewpoint that he didn't do anything positive, and I think. I was interested in that aspect. So here's my real hot take. Kind of Joe's experience proved to us that his existence on planet Earth was never going to fully make him happy. Because as we've talked to death, uh, no pun intended, um, he got his big break, which he thought was going to be his ultimate thing, and it didn't didn't deliver for him. And so... I think the ending that would have made sense was that he stayed in the afterlife and didn't go through souls. the right, didn't go through the the end of the beyond window, but stayed in that in between place and became like the first pseudo human to be one of the other distributors of souls. I just not to go back and and start eating more pizza and lollipops. I no. I I don't know. I, my problem is I didn't think there was. 
some anything that tied it together enough for me to make it life affirming. I appreciated certain parts of it. I appreciated bits and pieces of yeah. of the message, but I didn't feel like it had an overall meaning or takeaway from it that was like life affirming for yeah. me. I'm just gonna read through this recap. I think these people love the movie, but they're gonna say here's what happens at the end. So pause or mute here if you don't want to hear it. After his set, Joe goes home to play more pianos, inspired by his time with 22. He enters the zone, which is where he can return to the great before with right. Moonwind. Moonwind is like the only character I really, really loved in this, uh, played by Graham Norton. Here, Joe tells Moonwind that he messed up and needs to find 22, who She's is in a the lost soul. soul. Right, right, a soul right. who's distracted by something and sees them being disconnected from life, which the example they give is a stockbroker who. Like, that job, that part of capitalism is bad, but the yeah. the food part is great. Joe and Moonwind... I don't even remember the pizza that much, so I think that's just It was just all in there just to in... do a pizza rat meme. God, you see why I'm so fucking pissed off? <laughs> I'm just saying I think the pizza specifically spoke to you, because I don't remember that being that Joe big of a Joe and Moonwind track her down. Joe attempts to give her his Earth Pass. Right. But she reacts angrily. Eventually, he's able to tell her that he was wrong, and she's ready to live. She did get her spark. The whole, the whole spark thing is very vague. And so he helps to take her to the portable to let her begin on Earth, realizing in the process that he then won't return. But he tells 22 that it's okay. He's already lived. Now it's her turn. End of movie. Yeah. Fine. But just as he's about to go to the great before to spend the rest of eternity, Joe is stopped, who tells him that they inspired all the, all the big people who were called Jerry's, which felt like such a good place thing to me. Bear me, Jeremy, bear yeah. me. Yeah. He inspired them so much that they have gifted him another chance. How will he spend the rest of his life, they ask. He says, I'm not sure, but I'm going to live every minute of it. That's the theme of the movie, I guess. Yeah, I just, once again, going back to it, like, I, I like this idea of, of, um, I, someone shared a quote, quote recently that, like, stuck with me a little bit that was like, want what you already have yeah like don't focus so much on wanting the things that you don't have want the things that you do have right i like that message so why couldn't that have been the message of the movie you know what's amazing is that it's pretty it's close to the same message as about time which is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah which is that you don't need time traveling you don't need magic you don't necessarily need a great job or uh or all of your family to be but around want what you. you already have but go through your day, the day that you have. go through the day enjoying life as you had. And it and what I'm reading here says it's the same theme, but I, I did didn't get the get same that. thing out I, of it. What I got out of it was I don't know what makes you happy in the world. Yeah. That's what I got. I got a Stop question. looking because you're never gonna find it. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what I got was dreams are dreams won't make you happy, so right. don't have dreams. Right. Give find up on a, your dreams. Find a spark that's not related to anything you do, anyone you know, Talents, or any dream you nothing. have. No. Give up on your dreams because even if you get them, they won't make you happy was yeah. the message I took away from this movie. Um, so, like I said, I think for me, I enjoyed little bits and pieces of it. I appreciated certain parts of it. Like, don't be so focused on your dream that you, that you like, you know, don't care about the rest of your life or um, don't look back on your life and with this kind of negative viewpoint that you never had any positive like make sure you focus on some of the positives but the overall takeaway was even if you do get your dream it probably won't make you that happy so just try and be happy with what you have right this interview with the directors they talk about the barber as being like the best example 
Okay. Which I, I guess makes sense because he says, I wanted to be a vet, but I'm happy with what I'm doing now. And he's got his community. He likes his job. So that makes sense. So be happy with what you have. But I didn't get that from yeah. Joe's ending. And I didn't get that from 22's ending. It seems like they had a story about Joe. They had a story about the souls and 22 and soul swapping. And then they had this message they wanted to, to send. And I don't think they wove them all together. Yeah. So. I'll say that. So the, the I think the primary writer and director is a white man who did Inside Out. But he has a co-director and go, co-writer who's a man of color. Is he and black? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, based on what I can see in IMDb. I think this movie very much feels like a collaboration between perhaps a white person and a okay. person of color in good ways, in mostly good ways, I think. Yeah. I think it's a good thing that you have a example from a big uh, studio of that happening. Yeah. Don't have much else to say than that, but just interesting I was just going to gonna say that I just, the the only other critique I saw of it was not about the, the message of the movie, but was about... Um, Body swapping? Yeah. Mm. That you can't have a black character on the screen the whole time without him turning into a cute little... Fluffy animal. Cartoon. Yeah. Um, or fluffy animal instead of being himself because of, like, you know, the threatening stereotype of, of black men. Yeah. With the worry that um, people wouldn't be able to relate to a, a, a black character. Right. Unless there's some vague white blob instead. Yeah. Shiny blob or, yeah. or a cat. Um, so as white people, I, um, can't comment on that necessarily, mm -hmm. but, uh, that is a critique that I did see of the movie and, and we've seen that with some other movies as well. Of Ratatouille is Pixar as well or Disney? Yeah. Yeah. Feel the same way about that one and the Incredibles. I know there I are people who like, it. never got the Incredibles. Never even saw movies. Incredibles too. I didn't get it. Okay. We had a lot to say. Are we going to keep pushing or did we talk about enough stuff? I think we can talk pretty quickly about the book that I mentioned. I don't yeah. have a ton to say about it. I think it. basically there's like an inverse algorithm where the longer in the past the book is, the less we probably talk about it. Yeah. So the book that I um, thought we should talk about was one that we both read last year. Yeah. And we were so inconsistent with podcasting last year with a new baby um, that we it kind just of... Got, it just got yeah. lost in the shuffle. Um and it also takes place partially in New York City. So Half it was in New really, York, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, the book is called Clap When You Land Yep. by Elizabeth Acevedo. Like a th the Her third timer club on... Third timer club on... Is that a... Is, that's like a real thing. Probably. At least for books, for sure. I can't think of too many other ones. Does she get a jacket? If she comes, yeah. Okay. Comes we owe you a studio. jacket, Miss Acevedo, if you want to be on our show. <laughs> um... So we've had uh, mixed feelings, very up and down feelings about Acevedo's work before. And this one, I think, as my grades say, comes right down in the middle yeah. for me. Yeah, so The Poet X um, is one of the best YA books I've ever read. Yeah. Um, you were nice enough to gift me a copy of it for our Christmas exchange, hardcover, book yeah. exchange this year. So I have a very I gave that an A. You it. gave that an A. Oh, sorry, I gave it an A minus. You gave it an A. Um, so that book was just excellent. It, the it was one of the first books in verse or one of the first books in verse that in I've read. In a long time that I've read. Yeah. Um, and was just a very emotionally impactful YA mm -hmm. um, that said a lot. Go back to our podcast. I'm yeah, sure go back, this, back yeah. to our podcast about it. Um, and then we were both excited to read her follow-up, 
Um, with the fire on high. With the fire on high, which was disappointing. You gave it a B. I gave it a C plus. I remember discussing. So we talked my about that one for sure. It. Yeah. Um, it just didn't have the same spark for me. The it poet. had a severe storyline, babe, and you didn't like it. There were a lot of reasons I should have liked it, and I, yeah. it did, didn't do it for me. I definitely probably had too high of expectations with the Poet X. Yeah. It has a little bit of like sequel syndrome, or not even a sequel, but like second. Yeah, sophomore slump. Sophomore slump. There thank you. you. Um, I'm just gonna check the years so, on this. So yeah, Poet X 2018, prolific writer. Fire and High 2019, Clap when you Land 2020. Yeah, dang. I mean, she's like a. That must be her real job. Yeah, some people can do that. <laughs> um, so this book definitely landed closer on Poet X. You gave A minus. I did B minus after um, some some thought. Yes, I think I went back and forth on my rating as well. Um, I think I gave it an A minus because I liked it, but not as much as Poet X. Yeah. Uh, like on my own scale, personal scale. So Clap When You Land is a dual narrative book. Do you know the character names? I'm going to have to look um, No idea. Camino is um, the one in the Dominican. And? Yahara. Yahara. Yahira. Yahira, yeah. So the there's one in New York two City. characters, Yahira, who lives in New York City, and Camino, who lives in the Dominican Republic. And you kind of know going in, but the characters don't know yet that they are half-sisters correct um and they only find this out by like a family tragedy and find out that the two of them are half-sisters and that their father was living like a double life um he had a life in new york and a life in the dominican Mm -hmm. with separate uh romantic partners separate children um separate jobs well no yeah in the dominican isn't her mother passed away as well she only has her aunt. I don't think he's dating anybody. I don't think he's with anyone in the Dominican. He was, though. Yeah, yeah. Got Sorry. Yeah. What, I, I was trying to, to say yeah, that yeah. he had separate families. Yeah, right. It yeah. was like a, a secret family situation. Um, you find out later that it maybe wasn't so secret for one of the two families. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they only find this out after a, tra- a family tragedy. And uh, eventually they meet... It's half told in verse. Is that correct? One of the characters is in verse, and I think the other it's all. character isn't. It, it's all. It's all. Yeah. So, but it like there's sub chapters and then sections, and the sections alternate each uh, pro each narrator. So I should say my confusion is less from it being a while since I've read it, and more that I listened to it on audiobook. Yeah. Um, I went. I'm gonna an... pull up in the preview from bookdigits.com, and you can uh, see. Okay. Yeah, it starts with Camino and her. I verse but then all the chess stuff is in verse as well too i believe let me find one i went through an audiobook phase when the baby was younger because i didn't have as much time to read and audiobooks was a good way for me to get through books that i was excited about and i also heard great things about this audiobook because books in verse are obviously meant to be more of a spoken word situation right um i am very interested to read reread this book um a physical copy of it versus audiobook. Yeah. I found that I actually struggled to listen to her um, writing in verse because it is such like spoken word yeah. um, narration yeah. that it went very quickly. Yeah. And I felt like I missed stuff. I felt like I missed some of her lyrical writing. Like, I th- 
think with writing in verse, I'm more likely to kind of slow down and savor it or go back and read a chapter. That's how I feel like listening to the the great inaugural poet who was um, yeah there the other day. Like, I'm just so caught up in the rhythm and the kind of theatrics of it all that like I couldn't tell you what half the lines were about even. Yeah, and that's how mm-hmm. I felt about this book was that I think I would have enjoyed it more had I... Um, not that not enjoyed it more necessarily, but I, I think I would have maybe gotten more out of it or been a little bit more sure of how I felt about it as a book. Yep. It almost felt like a performance that I was listening to. Yep. Um, I also struggled a little bit listening to it, trying to distinguish between the two voices. I found the two narrations to be very similar voices. Yeah, so here's the Yahira section. And... Okay. Um, so Elizabeth Acevedo did one of the voices in the book, oh. and there was a different voice uh person that did the other voice and i struggled a little bit telling them apart um yeah i think what you said would have made a lot more sense if the if one of them was that style and one of them was maybe more traditional i was under the impression something. that they were because there i think it was kind of different poetic Read styles differently. Hmm, um but so yeah my the biggest thing that knocked it down for me i would say it's book digit says it's 400 pages so i really really like the first 100 pages i thought the last 100 pages were good as well i thought the pacing of the middle 200 pages was just it's a lot about one character's death and the grief and there's not a lot of space to breathe around that and there's not a ton of side characters that you care about very much. A little bit in the Dominican and the one girlfriend in, in I didn't New care York, about her. But yeah. They she's... didn't develop her super well. Yeah. Um I for me this book I would say was similar. I was interested in the beginning. The beginning is like painful when like the event happens and the immediate impact and how each character finds out and yeah i would say that i was just kind of like meh on it like i was interested to keep listening for sure but i wasn't sure how i felt about it and then the last hundred something pages the last like quarter of the book Mm -hmm. was like excellent like Mm -hmm. i had a lot of feelings about it it was well written It, it it was really impactful um and that like raised the grade up for me i would say uh overall it is definitely not as tight of a book as poet x yeah um but i do think that writing in verse is acevedo's strong suit compared to um with the fire and high with the fire and high i felt like she struggled a little bit to find her writing style because she would sometimes have like really lyrical almost poetic sections and other times have kind of like cliched or a little bit too like young adult sounding in a bad way yeah um so I think this book definitely was back up to her, uh, you know, re- reputation as sure. this very, very excellent inverse writer. Yeah. Um, but looking back on it, I, I definitely don't have that, like, visceral connection like I did with Podex. Podex, I, like, recommend to everybody. When yeah. I think back on it, I'm like, oof, that book. Whereas yeah. Clap When You Land, I was like, oh, yeah, it was pretty good. It was in verse. I liked the ending. But I'm not going to, like, passionately tell everybody I know to read it. I think that's right. Um, but like I said, I, I think this is a book that I would like to reread. Um, just based on the verse, I think books in verse uh, are inherently more rereadable. I think you're probably because right about that. They're, yeah. qu- they're shorter. And I think with a poem, there's always a little bit more to garner from each section versus like a sentence in a normal book. Yeah. And yeah, having read this on audiobook, it was a very different ex- reading experience for me than, than Poet X. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interested to read it okay. with my eyes and not my ears.
Okay. Um, I have two quick upcoming things. Hit me with them. Um, Heartstopper. Yeah. What volume? Graphic novel series. Mm. Uh, I still need to buy the other volumes. I think I only have one and two. Um, is getting a Netflix adaptation. Officially. Officially. Mm. I'm interested. I didn't actually read it. Um, it's it's a comic. This an animation. The British Rugby Boys? Yes. Right. So I'm interested. I'm sure the information is out there, and I just saw the article, didn't click it. Mm-hmm. Fucking Twitter earlier. I went oh, to like retweet boy. an okay, article. I'm back up while she goes I went to here. retweet an article, and uh, did I click on the article? No, because we were about to start our podcast, and I was just um, scrolling Ooh. through, and somebody that I trust on Twitter uh, had summarized an article, and I was like, dang, and I went to retweet it, and it was like, are you sure you want to retweet this? You haven't read this article, and yet you're about to retweet it. Fuck off, Twitter. It's going to be an oh. eight-part series. Is it comics, though, or is it real life? Um, is it animated? I don't think so. It has the Doctor Who director Ooh. or creator. Um, a lot of live action half-hour series. Half-hour? Okay, you got me. Live action, I'm a little bit skeptical. Half-hour mm-hmm. series, give me that. If it's like mm, My Mad Fat Diary or yeah. Scam or what's the other high school one we were watching? You're thinking about the the one in the other language? Maybe. Well, it's kind of like Scam. but Which one was? Oh, the Home, Home for, for Christmas, Christmas one. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, okay. yeah, it was a different one. Anyway, I'm excited for that. And The Luminaries is also getting an adaptation. Mm. Uh, younger me would have like been shocked at saying this, but like... Maybe I'll just watch that one and not read it. It's like one of those books that was like in every Airbnb we've yeah, ever gone to. I read yeah. the first couple chapters. I was like mildly interested, but it's fucking like 890 pages. Yeah. So Save it for a year when you need that book digits challenge. Maybe I'll just watch the TV series okay. instead. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. We did it in that's... one take, babe. Whew. This is how you do improv, people. Sign up for our class. <laughs> 73 minutes of improv. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness anyways thank you for listening um if you want to follow what else i'm reading or have read months ago and i'm just now posting yep. you can check out the book digits um instagram if you already don't have a book digits if you don't already have a book digits account yep. uh, start of the year is a great time to switch over to book digits do it uh import your ratings from goodreads if you want to and see if you can beat me on the um Achievements. Achievements. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Signing off. Have a great night and stay safe. Peace out.